Peter Titlusen, you're head of the TIPIS project, a European science project funded by the EU Horizon 2020. And the goal is to try to pinpoint when we should expect to hit tipping points in the climate system as levels of carbon dioxide go up and change mean temperatures and biological systems. Now, as the leader of the project, I'm sure that you find it very important. But what are your arguments for that? Why do you think it is important to quantify tipping points? That is, find the thresholds where the climate might abruptly change into another state. Why is it important? This is, of course, important from a societal point of view, that uh, climate change is something that will uh, eventually uh, influence everybody on the planet differently in different places. In, in, in places near the equator, we might see uh, droughts uh, that will will force people to migrate. In, in, at our latitudes, we might see uh, sea level rise that will... Uh, uh, Jeopardize living near the sea and uh, and and st- strong storminess that might be uh, of a hazard. So uh, these things are of course very important to um, to get a better feel for in order to also know how urgent is the uh, the transition we need to do away from uh, burning fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. The IPCC has in its last report pointed out that tipping points is the least well-constrained uh, part of the climate system that we, uh, that we understand. They base their projections on uh, climate models, which are very complex um, numerical solutions to the equations that we think governs the, uh, the climate. So we have all the processes in there also all the feedbacks that would eventually lead to tipping points and so on. But our experience with the, with the climate models uh, are that, um, that they show a very linear response to the uh, change in, uh, in, in the concentration of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. And a, and a tipping point is an unlinear response. So what you're essentially saying is that the climate models that we have today, they have trouble finding these tipping points in the climate system. Yes, that's, that's apparently uh, the case. The aim is, of course, to get a, a uh, quantitative understanding of uh, what is the sort of uh, safe operating space. When are we sufficiently away from the tipping point that, that it's uh, very, very unlikely that we will cross the tipping point. And that requires a way of quantifying that uh, by understanding why what's, what's lacking in the climate model. It's, it's not like we, ha- we don't have uh, the physical processes represented in there, but they're represented in a very coarse manner uh, that, that apparently will not reproduce what we think will happen with, with tipping points. And the reason that we can say that is that if we go back into the uh, prehistoric uh, climate records, uh, we do see that the climate has previously changed very rapidly 
in a way that uh, that is not a linear response to any external uh, forcing or uh, influences. And this is what we want to understand better. The Earth system has subsystems where tipping points are known. The ice sheets of Antarctica and Greenland are good examples of that. Ice in this case is a mountain uh, and, and Greenland inland ice is about two kilometers into the atmosphere and in, in, in the height of two kilometers the temperature is about 20 degrees lower so it can uphold itself by being cold on the top so there's a balance a mass balance between the snow that falls on top of the ice sheet which will not melt because it's freezing there and the uh, the icebergs that breaks off at the margin and and the melt that runs off from from lower parts and this mass balance keeps the this uh, ice sheet as a steady state but if the uh, if the climate warms up then the the melting will will be larger and eventually the the, the top of the ice sheet will go to a lower elevation and at a lower elevation, it's warm. So this is a positive feedback. It will melt more and be even lower. And at some point, at the tipping point, uh, even if we return to the cold situation before, the ice sheet uh, can collapse and, uh, and disappear totally. So the southern tip of Greenland is, is, uh, is in the same latitude as Oslo or places in Canada where there is no ice sheet today. There were ice sheets there during uh, glacial times. So, so, so the glacial, interglacial change between having an ice-covered uh, North America and, and uh, Eurasia and what we have today in Greenland is, is, is sort of an on-off thing which is governed by a slow change in, in the incoming solar radiation due to the change in, 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 in Earth configuration in its rotation around the sun. But the response is much faster and, 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 and stronger than we would have thought just by, by the, uh, the weak changes of the uh, orbital parameters. So the Milankovitch theory, which this is called, of, of why ice ages are there, uh, might be related to tipping points in upholding and, and uh, not upholding uh, the big glaciers. Mm -hmm. So uh, what you're essentially going to try and do is improve the models here so that you can better foresee when, how much uh, melting can we accept at the, uh, on, of the ice sheets of Greenland, for example, uh, before this is going to uh, lead to that we lose the whole thing, uh, maybe through millennia, but essentially we'll lose the whole thing, whatever happens, and then maybe change the, you might say, the rules of the weather system in the North Atlantic, which might again have a positive or negative feedbacks to the climate system. Th these are the kind of things that you're looking at and you're trying, you will try to quantify. Yeah, and, and, and we do not even know if we can quantify these. I mean, there, there's, there are so many processes and there are so many uh, elements that, that could react nonlinearly, have, have tipping points. 
say the, the, the change in the Arctic sea ice might influence the, the melting of the permafrost, which would then release greenhouse gases, methane and so on, which would lead to even a, a further greenhouse warming, which might change the ocean circulation and, and which might change the, the hydrological cycle, which might change the uh, tropical forests that, that could collapse to another state and so on and so forth. These are just speculations now. We, we, we know of the mechanisms, we know of the feedbacks and so on, but we are not even sure if this is something you can foresee uh, quantitatively because fast fluctuations, what we would call noise in the system, could even influence where the, the, uh, the tipping would occur in the system. So we have to have to um, estimate in terms of of, uh, of risks and probabilities of, of this happening. So so even if we cannot quantify exactly where the tipping points uh, would be, we might be able to say how big a margin would we need in order to. Uh, have a, a, a safe distance to the tipping point. Tips. The TIPIS project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Programme under grant agreement number 820970.